0: Let that play all day long. RHCP in the house. Living the Good Life Show live from Dallas, Texas on this beautiful Sunday morning. A little hot, sticky, but that means that we are in the summertime, the middle of it, and the NFL season is right around the corner. We've got Ryan Kramer hanging out with us at the sports gambling podcast yet again. How you doing, man?
1: Uh, you, I mean, you nailed it. It's the it's it's a little sticky. It's the summer. We're we're uh, we're spending all of our time talking about tabloid news yeah. and if guys are going to come to practice or not.
0: Yeah, a little sticky in uh, California. A little heat wave you're uh, hitting up there.
1: Oh, not only that, but just randomly, no wind, no breeze. <laughs> I was actually doing some beach camping, and yeah, I mean, us Californians don't do so well when it gets too hot.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Well, uh, we are inching closer, and last week we talked a little fantasy, which we might do a little bit today, but there are some headlines and things to to cover, and I was texting you, trying to get some information from you, because my go-to is always you now, especially when it comes to Giants football, but uh, that said, the deadline has passed, which means what, essentially, for our listeners around the country?
1: There's no new deal. Uh, They they can know they have like the the player essentially now is either not playing or playing on the franchise tag. And I don't think they can open up new negotiations until some point during the season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this was probably always going to be the outcome. I mean, we see a similar outcome with Josh Jacobs out there with Las Vegas, you know, both camps kind of saying, hey, it wasn't really close. I do think in the Giants' case, there there's a lot of news that has now come out about the offers that were turned down, and maybe Barkley's camp made some bad decisions earlier in the process. That being said, it seemed like it, he was unwilling to take what the Giants were the last offer, which was essentially a two-year franchise tag guarantee. And now, you know, a, a lot of news was made. He went on a podcast. Uh, some clips were pulled from that about how, You know, his only move is to say F it and, you know, you know, say, I I don't want to play. I'm going to I'm going to show them. And then which that was the clip, right? Everyone took that clip and said, look, Barkley saying he's going to hold out. If you listen to the whole thing, it finishes with him saying, but you know me, I would never do that. And so I think he has to do what he has to do, which is I I guess you make it as uncomfortable as possible for the Giants. So they don't do it again. Like that's essentially what he's competing for now. Don't franchise me next year. Because I I think we discussed this, but everyone will refer to Le'Veon Bell as the example of, hey, you know, holding out and missing time is possible. Look at Le'Veon Bell. Well, Le'Veon Bell, if you remember, that was the second year the Steelers franchised him. The first year the Steelers franchised him, he was unhappy, but he went out there and ran for like 1,900 yards or something. He had a great year. It was the second franchise year that he ended up holding out. And we all know that didn't work out well for him. In fact, Le'Veon Bell's moved on to a boxing career. He trains uh, down the street here in, in Los Angeles. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think what what Barkley is doing now is it's, it's a dance for next year. I don't think he's going to miss time because guess what? The best way for him to devalue himself even more would be miss time. Become less marketable because guess what? During football season, we're going to see his face. We're going to see him pushing product. And I think at some point he has to realize that the value of him playing on that $10 million tag, which isn't so bad, by the way, will help him generate the other money that, you know, whatever. And and the other thing to note here is Barkley is a different case. He came in on a high paying rookie contract. He is the, th- this is going to blow your mind, but he's made the third most money in the NFL for running backs. And so it does get a little bit more difficult to feel sympathetic. Obviously, We need something to happen in the collective bargaining agreement. Maybe this is something around the the, the rookie contracts for running backs are shorter. Honestly, I think what we're going to see is these guys are going to stick it in college longer. The top running backs are going to get a nice like million-dollar deal to stay at Texas, to stay at Ohio State, play there for an extra year, then come out. I, I don't know what the solution is, but I know with the way it is today, the Giants played this right, and that's the real takeaway. As a Giants fan, I am happy that I have a GM that's not gonna buckle under the pressure of media, fans, or whatever else it is. And he played this right. I think we're gonna have Saquon under the franchise tag, which is a perfect case for Giants.
0: I mean, as a Giants fan, I want him there. You know? Yeah. In fact, based on the way they're gonna approach the season, because we saw what they did last season, they need him. He's a, a major part of what Dable wants to to use in the system, which I get. But I'm going to just, you know, look at it. I'll try to step away, step out of my shoes, kind of like the movie Ghost, and look in on it. You know, but honestly, like, you know, I'm the kind of guy, I'm old school, like, first of all, they're all making a lot of money. Like, yes, they're making a true. ton of money. And it's, you know, at a certain point, they're playing a game, and I look at it, and I think, you know, I get it. It's not baseball, and there's not really a lot of guarantee. I mean, there's guaranteed money, but it's not the same, obviously. But that being said, it's like, Running back's careers, and I know he's looking at it as if, you know, it's short. You could get hurt tomorrow. Yeah. But this is also a guy where you have to go out of your way now and sell a team based on your resume. And although quite good, college was pretty good. He had a slight injury in college, I think. But he had a major injury in the the league. And, yes, he came back last year, looked pretty good. But, like, how many years are they going to get out of him? So I get it. He's doing his best, but if I was the, the the team, I'm feeling good because I hate to say it, and I'm gonna probably come off like you know like a total D. But like they're replaceable, man. I well, mean, and that's the, that's it. That,
1: that's exactly it. It's a value of a replacement, and I think the majority of people out there complaining are don't understand that, and I think it does create a weird dynamic for the very top running backs because they, in some ways. They should be like in some ways, Derrick Henry should be worth more because he is better than a replacement level guy. We just know the data suggests that the contracts end up being detrimental. We look at Zeke out there in Dallas, right? Like the mural is gone, but they had to pay him a lot of money. (laughs) And I think what's really what's really hurting is that if you just look at the teams that are winning, you look at Super Bowl winning teams. I know this is narrowing the sample size down, but if you look at Super Bowl winning teams over the last 10 years, and you look at how much their leading rusher was making, Cam Akers was making under $2 million. Fournette, $2 million. Damian Williams for the Chiefs, $1 million. Michelle, half a million dollars. LeGarrette Blunt three times in there all making less than a million dollars. CJ Anderson, remember him on the Broncos, under a million dollars. So all of the Percy Harvin, Ray Rice, Ahmad Bradshaw, we remember that. A lot of guys on rookie deals. And you know, that's that's what you do with a replaceable commodity, right? Like running backs are your boat, running backs are your 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 car, right? You don't want to buy those things, you lease them. You, you you borrow them. You hope that you have a neighbor that has them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's like, it's the same kind of financial approach these teams are taking. Unfortunately, that being said, I I will say like, obviously Barkley, McCaffrey, Henry, Chubb, like Eckler, some of these guys are obviously different and I think they're going to have to figure out a creative way. Maybe it's a special tag. Maybe it's a special like weapon tag or something because obviously when Austin Eckler is scoring 20 touchdowns a year, that's not a, clearly replaceable commodity
0: no you make a lot of sense i mean the problem is christian mccaffrey did this right and it was actually higher can't even see my hand now and then aaron jones did this right you know maybe they're pissed off at aaron jones but you got to find something here in between if you want to win and i think the giants and i think saquon's a smart kid and he sees the potential that the giants are in right now and what they can do I think we're good. Now, from a fantasy perspective, before we get to some other headlines, I got to ask you, are, are, are we avoiding Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs?
1: Well, Jacobs is a different story because it does seem like there's a more realistic change. Like do, he does not have the same level of, um, you know, tie to the franchise, tie to the coaching staff, to his teammates. You know, I'm not seeing Josh Jacobs at all of his quarterbacks workouts. I'm not seeing Josh Jacobs still interacting with his teammates and talking about how he he's a leader. You know, so I know he's a soft-spoken guy, but I, I would say this. I think both of these guys are going to be devalued as long as this is going on. So with Barkley, I love that he's falling. Uh, I, again, I, we've discussed this before, but during the summer, I participate in these best ball drafts where you just draft a team. And then you get your best lineup all year. You don't have to look back at it. And we're seeing the the average draft position of Barkley fall from somewhere in the middle. I would say earliest this summer, maybe April, May, Barkley was squarely at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. He's now dropped all the way to basically end of second round, mid to end of second round. Josh Jacobs has fallen from end of second round to mid third round. So I would say take advantage of the bargain. These are two bell cow guys. If they are on the field, they will certainly outperform that. I would apply a little bit more risk to Josh Jacobs at this point, but I'm still in the same spot with Barkley. I'm I'm not afraid. I don't think he misses actual games. I think we're just going to have this uncomfortable situation where the coaches are being asked about where he is for a couple weeks, and maybe he comes to camp. I think more likely he just shows up at the end for uh, the regular season.
0: All right, moving on. Uh, So uh, there is some light in the same division out of the Commanders were sold. Uh, No more Dan Snyder. huh? I mean, Josh Harris and company taking over. What's your uh, first takeaway from this entire deal here?
1: Well, I, you know, as a fan of a team in the division, it, it's there's a little bit of me that feels sad that the 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 commander slash Redskins slash football team slash new name they're going to yeah. change their name again will undoubtedly be better because Dan Snyder was a horrible owner, and we're hearing now via uh, Jay Gruden that he used to just show up and make draft picks. He'd show up and just sign guys without doing any sort of work. And what's interesting is as we all saw the quotes about that but what Jay Gruden actually elaborated on was like hey the same thing kind of happened in Cincinnati but at least he was coming to the scouting meetings mm-hmm. he was coming to the the pre- like, he was trying to learn Dan Snyder just seemed like a complete incompetent buffoon who said my way or the highway and yeah. that like I think when that happens unfortunately the team is going to get better I I will say I think the fact that these this ownership group comes from basketball and I know Magic owns a baseball team too, but the basketball element's interesting because on the short term, I wonder if there will be any sort of maneuvering to quote-unquote tank basketball style for a guy like Caleb Williams. We see the generational talent potentially coming out at the quarterback position. So I don't know what it means for this year. It also begs the question of like what kind of behind the 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 or under the table conversations were happening with Biennemi for him to take a lateral job there. Is it perhaps that Ron Rivera... It's just a transitional head coach to get through this ownership change. a la Jeff Fisher when they took the team out to Los Angeles, and that Eric Bienemy is the future plan, and maybe that's why he took the job. So I think there's a lot of uh, like this is good if you're a re- uh, you- this is good if you're a fan of the team. Mm-hmm. This isn't good if you're a fan of another team in the division. And I think in general, with all of the swirling changes, it makes me want as much as they're a fun long shot, I do think this probably impacts their ability to really be a good team this year, because we always hear about it after the fact doc rivers talked about this when, when he was part of the Clippers uh, transition, Uh, Ron Rivera, strangely was a part of another transition with the Panthers. And they, they all talk about how much of a burden it is to have to kind of hold this responsibility while ownership is changing while the, the administrative people maybe are changing, the processes are changing. And so there's so much other noise that isn't football. I do wonder if that's going to hurt their their chances to actually make make a dent in the division this year.
0: I think they're a couple years off, a um, few years off. I mean, they're the only team in our division, our division, that um, still has no clue who their quarterback might be. Maybe they have a clue, but maybe not. You know, every other team in our division, they already know what's going on. They all are, have gotten paid in fact they all yeah, yeah. they all got a, a paycheck so i don't know we'll see what happens I'd lo- i'm curious to know i think the most fun we're going to have with this team is what team name will it be that's yeah, going to yeah. be fun you know what a fun uh, next experiment for the uh, for the football team if you will my, right. my thing is just bring back the
1: marching band bring back the band okay. I, I think in general band music sounds great at a football game i don't care what team it is bring back the band
0: I dig it. I dig it a lot. Um, a couple things, and, and we'll we'll let you go, but, you know, obviously this week we saw Melvin Gordon sign, and I don't understand why they did that when you've got three other backs, and believe it or not, I mean, like, I don't know, J.K. kind of, you know, he had, he's had his ups and downs, with, especially with injury, but I felt like this is the year. I feel like this is the year for him, and then you've got Gus, you know, and you've got even, I think it's what, Justin Hill, Justice Hill, right? So, like, now they're bringing Melvin Gordon in. Is it? I mean, is it customary to have four guys? Why? We were
1: maybe back again doing the dance of is J.K. Dobbins not healthy? I don't know. Uh, Gus Ed, Gus Edwards they've loved forever. He took a pay cut, still on the team, uh, and is healthy this year. Kind of seems like Gus Edwards and Melvin Gordon would fit a similar role, kind of a bigger body back, maybe work around the goal line. I think they just want running. I don't know, camp body maybe, but
0: he's probably got a little tank. Last question, I got to ask you, what's going on? In Denver in their run game, is he going to be? Is he going to be available?
1: Oh yeah, Javante Williams. I, I mean, look, Javante Williams probably not going to be like explosive not- to start the season. Yeah. We know these injuries tend to take some time. I I'll, I would say the Circle Samaje Piran. They signed him from Cincinnati. He's been on record as saying he signed with Denver because he thinks it will be the greatest opportunity. And we've heard Sean Payton talk about how much he. Love P. Piran in the passing game. So I wonder if he turns into the Alvin Kamara type role in the Denver
0: offense. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks out there. I mean, Michael Pittman's coming back. I don't know why he's even hurt. I don't remember that. But there's a bunch of guys. Who knows? We'll get into it more as we get closer. We inch closer. Appreciate it, man. As always, for all of our listeners, visit Sports Gambling Podcast on Instagram and, of course, all over. Appreciate it, Ryan. Cheers. Have a good one. More to come live right here from Dallas.